Although we can't go back in time, we can reflect on our past experiences and learn from them. But wouldn't it be so amazing if we could? If you could, what would you tell yourself? This is Letters to My Younger Self. I'm Liz Gardner. Join me as we talk with some of my favorite people about their life stories and how they've learned and how we can become a little better by hearing their incredible stories. Dear younger self, you are a fighter. You are stronger than you know. You've already overcome so many obstacles and even know that many more challenges are yet to come. Lean on those that love you and don't forget to love yourself. Sometimes it may feel like the odds are stacked against you and the noise from others that want to bring you down can feel overwhelming. But remember to focus on the things and the people that matter. Keep helping those that are less fortunate than you and around you. Remember you are extremely blessed and those connections and friends you will have for life. You do what you love, not for the medal around your neck, but to help bless others through your unique and beautiful sport. Never forget that. I love it. Does that work? Yes, it's perfect. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming and being on the podcast. I am glad we get to do it in person and that you're yeah. over COVID. I'm very happy to be over COVID <laughs> yeah. and on lockdown. I know. Well, Bree is my neighbor. She lives kitty corner a few doors down, and we've chatted a little bit about the Olympics and things, but I don't know the full story, so I'm excited to hear more about your sport and more about your life and everything. And with the Olympics and watching figure skating, I thought it would be a great time to learn more about what it takes to be an Olympian. Yeah, this is a great time to talk about this, especially with the figure skating going down this week. Uh, last night we had the men's short program and it was unreal to watch and worth the many hours that it took to do that event. They're taking lots of precautions with COVID and sanitizing, cleaning almost after every skater so that people can be safe and healthy. And these athletes have gone through a lot. And, you know, I truly understand that. My heart goes out to them. Do you think it's easier or harder not having the crowd and having all the hype behind? Because normally yeah. when you go to the Olympics, it's like <laughs> a huge show and you look at the stands and there's hardly anyone there. Do you think that's easier or harder? No, that's a great question because me and my husband were talking about that last night because these skaters have gone since the pandemic competing with nobody in the crowd. And it's uh, they have the rink mic'd, and you can even hear them taking like their big exhale before they do their beginning pose. And you're like, ooh, <laughs> you like hear a pin drop. Yeah. So it's a different level of focus. So the noise you don't get to use as white noise to help you or uh-huh. to like diminish you if, you if you fall, right? Yeah. Like the ooh sound when you hit the ice or something. <laughs> but you definitely have to become very internal with your focus and how you're going to push yourself out there. It's very isolating. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was watching the couples skate. Mm -hmm. What's it called? There's pairs and ice dancing. Okay. Uh And they were saying that they could hear them counting. Yes. They're saying normally the crowd is loud enough. It's loud enough that you don't hear all of that, but they could hear them, you know, communicating as they were getting ready to do their turns and everything. Yeah. Usually the boy or the girl is the caller. It's always fun when it's the girl because it's usually like a high pitched voice counting out loud and it's really cute sound. (laughs) Yeah. You can hear everything. You can hear them breathing, counting, everything. And it's a a different uh, experience for sure for viewers and and the athletes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it would be fun since we have the Olympics going on right now to do an episode with my neighbor, Brie Moffitt, and she is sharing all about her experience growing up doing figure skating and a lot about her career. She's now a coach and coaches figure skating. She shares a lot about the dedication and work that it took to get to where she went with her skating career, and she's just a wonderful person. After I had my baby Olivia, she was really helpful in sending us meals and she was making sure that I was okay emotionally and checking up on me and we have become a lot closer because of that and because of her reaching out to me and being so caring. She's a wonderful person and I hope you enjoy learning from Brie. Why don't you give us a little background on your job and what you're currently doing, and then we'll get into what happened to get you to that point. (laughs) So I currently, I I coach a a team about, it ranges depending on, you know, people graduate high school, move on, go to college, but it ranges about 24 athletes right now. 
I also have a couple assistant coaches that are on our team that are phenomenal, and I love them. And I, I um, have a serious uh, vetting process where I make sure that they are on the same point in message as me for my students. And we, we compete locally and, and um, across the country, and lots of them have competed at nationals. Um, we have some that have even medaled, and it's been a great experience. And um, just recently, during COVID, we had a big wave of... of um, of little littles start ice skating it just came out of nowhere it was awesome like right now our team is mostly of kids under 10 years old which oh, is wow. which is crazy because it was flipped a little while ago so i'm excited to see this next little generation grow for sure that's awesome so where did you grow up and what were you like as a kid so i grew up in washington state and i was born and raised on a farm until i moved to colorado for my skating and I've spent some time in Tennessee and in New York, and different things have brought me to different destinations, which has been really exciting and fun. And as a kid, I was extremely shy, which you would never know it, knowing me now. <laughs> like, people would talk to me, I'd be like, oh, and cry a little bit. But um, I definitely found, you know, different things and outlets to express myself and gain confidence and everything. But I was I was a big dreamer. I, I loved to play, imaginary play, all the time, like, I always would pick a Disney princess, that's who I was for the day, and just dance and sing around the, the house, and what was wonderful is that my mom just let me do it, like, we have pictures of me, and after church, I would keep my little slip on under my dress, because it reminded me of, like, a prima ballerina tutu, and I'd put my tap shoes on and hop on the fireplace hearth and just tap to the Thumbelina soundtrack, or, you know, if people come over, I'd show off all my dancing tricks and, and then run away and hide because I got shy and embarrassed, but... I definitely have always had an affinity to express myself through movement and imaginary play and yeah, I was a creative kid for sure. That's <laughs> awesome. That you were you were shy but you loved to perform. Yeah, but it wasn't like perform like look at me. It was more like I feel confident and comfortable in this and this is how I'm going to talk to you for this second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fun. So how did you get into ice skating? How does a farm girl yeah. from a small town get into ice skating? Oh yeah, a very small town. So I was watching the Olympics and I was watching Nancy Kerrigan compete at the Olympics and um, Oksana Bayul and I just remember being like, oh, that's what I want to do, mom. I want to be an ice skater. And my mom being like the best at you know, motivating me and helping me with those dreams, like, okay, let's let's find an ice rink. So we found an ice rink that was about 30 minutes away, and she drove me to a couple classes, and I passed all, like, the basic school classes in, like, just a few months, and they were like, she's bored. We don't know what to do with her. She's already passed all the <laughs> basic wow. classes. And how old were you when you started? I was eight, so the late starter, but I had already been a, a dancer before that with, like, intense ballet and stuff there because they actually had a good ballet academy there, so I think that definitely helped me feel comfortable on the ice and, and movement was easy for me yeah but it still seems young to me to like start ice skating <laughs> but is that when do most people start I mean my sister started when she was four because she started at the same time I did and typical skaters will start between like four and eight okay um, I was definitely in the later end but I have a, again that advantage of the dance background so that definitely helped shoot me ahead because three short years later I went to my first nationals so Obviously, that definitely helped a lot <laughs> to get me started. Yeah. Yeah. So when did it go from just ice skating is fun and something that you like to do versus I'm going to start competing and that you were training to be an Olympic athlete? Well, I mean, I started it, you know, I told you before, I, I'm a dreamer, right? So when I watched the Olympics, I was like, I'm doing that. <laughs> so I was a determined kid. I was like, I'm going to the Olympics and I'm going to do this. And I, that was always everything I dreamed about and wrote down and watched on TV. And I, I remember watching skaters compete and record them and watch them over and over and just have that dream of going to the Olympics. So it always was a target and goal in my mind since I started for sure. So tell us what was your training like and tell us about like the competitions and were those stressful and what was what was that like? Yeah. Um so training when I was younger, um I'll probably just fast forward to like when I was the most competitive part of my skating years. Yeah. Um I would I would wake up early in the morning. Um I remember and what the, age was this? Let's see. So going to my first nationals, 
um, I remember my training schedule looked like this. So I woke up at 4.45. We got to the rink because we had to drive there. We did our off-ice um, warm-up on the floor. Did our stretching and everything. Put your gear on. I remember watching the clock turn. 5.45. I remember watching the clock turn and I'd step on the ice um, with my little sister shortly behind me too. Usually still in her pajamas because <laughs> she was younger. And I would practice all morning until about... 7.30 and then rush off to school, eat breakfast in the car, go to school, and then right after school go back to the rink and skate some more until like 6 p.m. and some days even get checked out during lunch hours so I could skate when it was more empty and get my jumps off and be able to have the room I needed to practice. And then, yeah, I was like literally skate, school, skate, school, skate. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that would be like the day in the life of me back when I was still living in Washington. Um, before I moved to Olympic Training Center. And um, and then the schedule shifted from there. Um, once I moved to Olympic Training Center, it we had more freedom and wiggle room to train and to have a great schedule because that rink there is solely built for figure skating. So they have three ice surfaces with ice skating times all day long. And the schools there are filled with lots of um, aspiring Olympians and hopefuls. And so they accommodate their school around the athletes which was amazing. I've never seen it before in my life. I went from having teachers always mad at me because I was gone like 90 days of the year at competitions to, yeah, please go. We support you and here's some tutors, you know? So well, definitely a different environment. I definitely shifted to definitely more figure skating focus. and um, But definitely keeping up with your grades. That was really important. My mom was like, your grades ever slip. We're cutting back on skating. I never wanted that. So always had to make sure we're up with our grades and homework and and test and stuff so so basically yeah. school and ice skating were life <laughs> school was, and like, ice skating life. time for anything else was there you laugh but actually I found ways to cram other things in these spaces between spaces <laughs> like I was involved with like show choir and plays and theater and art classes and community stuff and like I don't, I don't think I ever took a second to breathe, but I loved it. It was, there was no part of me that resented that. Like, I feel like my childhood was like full of the brim, like bursting with all my experiences. And yeah, it was hard. There's some days I didn't want to do it, but, um, I mean, you're human, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely feel like even though I was an ice skater, I still had a well-rounded, um, childhood with all the other things I got to experience too. So well, that's <laughs> full well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're the only person I personally know that's like a did ice skating. Oh, really? That's yeah. fun. I mean, certain areas are definitely a pocket for it, right? Like different parts of the country. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely growing in Utah since we had the Olympics here in 2002. So all these new facilities have popped up and, you know, facilities are getting more and more crowded, which is great. We love it. So we have a big chunk of younger generation here that really wants to, you know, push ice skating, which is great. Yeah, that is awesome. So tell us about some of the competitions. Like, were they stressful? Do you have any stories about some of the competitions? Just yeah. so that we can kind of, like, yeah. have a vision of what it was like. Okay, a competition. Do you want a good story or a bad story? What are you feeling that you want to hear? We want both. <laughs> you want, we want the good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> tell it, give it to us. All right, so... I remember my first nationals I went to. Um, I skied to Ever After. That movie had just come out, and uh, I mean, who didn't love Ever After, right? Oh, that was the best. I mean, like, Drew Barrymore's best role ever. Yes. Um, and that dress. Uh, and my mom handed me my dress from Wedding Lace that she bought and dyed and patched together to make my skating dress. My mom made my costumes up to a point. I remember just going there, and, like, remember I was from a small town, so I had never seen a competition like this. So when I qualified, it was a big deal. The whole town was, like... I was in the paper, it was a big deal, so I had all this hype, I was all excited, and I get there, and there's a hundred girls that are just like me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> there's a hundred girls just like me, it was my first time ever really experiencing that this sport has a lot to offer for, you know, a lot of athletes, and I, I gotta step up my game, right, and I went, and I had a really good experience, I, I didn't medal at that nationals, but I held my own, you know, yeah. with other girls who I later began to train with at Olympic Training Center, who went on to the Olympics too, and, uh, but yeah, I definitely remember being, you know, in awe of the possibility of my sport. I never fully understand the level of competition or the expectation or the excitement of that level of competition until my first nationals. And I was addicted. I was like, I gotta get here again. <laughs> and I did three years in a row. So at, at that younger division and it was great. And then I got to do 
nationals representing my um, university, which was cool, you know? Yeah. So go BYU. And uh, that was really exciting, too. That was my last competition was competing for my university. And that was really exciting. And then I also had um, three years where I got to compete on the Young International Team USA. So also with my sister. How cool is that? That's awesome. You know, right? We were the Hatch sisters. So like where I was, you know, she would be or vice versa. And uh, we got to compete overseas together. And my first international competition was in Luxembourg, which is a teeny tiny little country. And yeah. you could, like, walk to the other end of it in one day. It's really small. The ice rink's practically the whole country. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so fun. And I just, I will never forget that feeling of when they said, and now, well, they said it in French, but they said, and now representing the United States of America. And then they said my name. And it, like, took me aback. I, like, I remember I had a little tear. And I was like, nope, nope, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, right now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like it definitely knocked the wind out of me. It never happened before. Like they announced my name on practice, but they didn't put USA behind it. And you know, seeing your name on the roster, and you know, wearing the jacket, and trading country pins with the other countries, and you know, do it, drawing your skate order with the other athletes. And that was a wonderful experience. And I'm so glad that my skating brought me to those heights in my sport. Like I just, I'm so blessed with everything that I've been able to do. Yeah, that's amazing. And I just keep thinking about your mom, that she saw that this was something that you were passionate about, that she drove you there at 5 a.m. every morning, and that she made this happen. And, you know, you had mentioned before that it may have not been easy financially to be able to... I think it's definitely a very, very expensive sport, and... My mom was a very, very hardworking person also who grew up on a farm. And my mom was very smart and very driven and very talented. And she did some wonderful things in her life, too, even though from her humble beginnings. And so she knew what it meant to, like, fight for a dream. She knew that. And so if she could help me find that in skating, by golly, she was going to do it. Times two with my little sister. (laughs) And, you know, I would never be the person I am today without her perseverance her dedication and her sacrifices like uh, I know I owe owe it all to mom don't we all yeah (laughs) yeah I know sorry that just makes me emotional because (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting growing up and you see all these things that happen and then I think being a parent and seeing how much you want your kids to succeed but how much dedication it really does take to yeah. help those kind of things to happen. I mean, it takes like a takes a whole family. It's not just, you know, the pressure on one kid. Like my brothers, I had never had better support team than my than my my brothers and my mom and my little sister. Um they never once complained that we always got to travel or we always got, you know, the new gear or whatever because they were involved in sports too and they were very talented. Like my Family is dripping with a lot of talent and a lot of different things. No pressure, right? <laughs> and they were always supporting. They always bragged about us. They would they would use it to pick up girls. Like, oh, my sister's a figure skater. You want to see a cool picture of my sister? She's amazing. Uh-huh. And it worked a couple of times, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they were the best support team. And yeah, I, I really couldn't have done it without that foundation supporting me. I wouldn't have been strong enough to get through it. They were my tough skin. That's so. awesome. I'm so glad you had them. How do you think that ice skating impacted you growing up? How did it shape who you are? Who Well, obviously, made me more outgoing, made me more confident, because I was very shy as a kid. People laugh at me when I said that, like, no, you weren't. I'm like, no, I was really shy. <laughs> like, I would cry when people talked to me because I was so nervous. Uh, it definitely helped me understand that I have an inner strength and a confidence about myself, not just in, you know, performing on the ice, but also just with talking with others and making friends and it shaped me in a very positive way and not all people in sports can say that and I'm just very grateful that was my outcome yeah yeah I know that you had a hard family situation growing up would you like to share how that influenced you my my parents got divorced during the peak part of my skating years it was very hard since my mom was practically a single mom before it happened. Obviously, those things don't happen overnight. You know, watching your parent go through that, you know, I remember the divorce papers getting served to us when I was, like, uh, right before I skated a regional championship, and that was a very hard regionals for me that year. I remember being 
really crush. It was the first time I ever let my emotions really take over my event. You know, outside forces really carry me like that. And uh, it was probably one of my worst skates was that skate. And understandably, right? Yeah. And I was just kind of numb, you know. And I remember my coach at the time, she was, she did the exact thing that I needed. Isn't that wonderful when that happens? She said, I, w- I got off the ice and she knew what I was upset about. She was aware of the situation. And then she's like, let's just go in the locker room really quick. And we went in the locker room and she said, go ahead and yell. Nobody can hear you. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I didn't even like hesitate. I just started yelling and crying and throwing my stuff. <laughs> I mean, like I didn't get a chance to let it out before I skated, you yeah. know? And so, and I needed to, and she saw that need. And then after I stopped and I, had huffed and sat down. She's like, do you feel better? And I said, so much better. I remember her putting her arms around me and hugging me and and just not saying anything, just being there. And it was very helpful for me because that was probably a really hard moment for me as um, a skater, especially when you're supposed to, you know, place high and the expectation is you're going to place high because all year you had been placing high when you first and second constantly you know well and you've probably done your routine a million times yeah you've landed all the jump you yeah. know you've done it right yeah. and so it probably is frustrating when yeah your emotions take over and you're not able to yeah I mean we forget sometimes that we're human and we have to let that happen and you know my my mom was so strong and I'm I'm sure well, I know wearing both hats as both parents was such a challenge and so hard and Nothing anybody should have to go through, but she definitely, you know, carried us through and, you know, helped us focus on the things that mattered and help us, like, see the path before us that was the most important about, like, you know, things that we enjoy that made us happy and feel whole. And I I am very appreciative that I didn't, you know, just crumble in that moment and walk away from everything because of this other thing that was happening in my life. And yeah, it definitely taught me a lot about myself and, and uh, about resilience and everything. So, yeah. yeah. I love that your coach just told you to scream, you know, because I was actually listening to a podcast earlier today and they were talking about how a lot of times when we don't deal with the emotional things in our lives, they come back at other times and they, you know, we talk about our childhood, yeah. and it's not that we always want to go to the past. If we don't deal with what happened in the past, it creeps into what's happening now, yeah, and yeah. we won't be able to, you know, be the best version of ourselves if we have this emotional baggage from before. Exactly. We have to do the work to let ourselves process hard things that that happen. Even just having the mindset of it's okay to be mad and yeah. you can yell right now. This is frustrating. <laughs> this is the time to scream. This is the time to scream <laughs> yeah. and instead of saying, "Tough it up." Right, like suck it you're up. You're at you're at a competition. You just need to push down those emotions and yeah. you just need to get through the day. Yeah. That I think that we all need coaches that come into our lives and say things like, "You know what? Right now, you can yell. You can yell." <laughs> Yeah, and I was I was grateful for that permission, and yeah, I jumped right in the opportunity to yell. <laughs> I was like, "And we're gonna do this," but uh, yeah, after that moment though, after I got that all out, I definitely was able to push forward and keep skating. Obviously, so even though that was a not a fun time and a dark time, and you know the writing had been in the wall for a while that something was coming with the my parents' relationship, it was it's never it's never easy to actually have you know. It, it fully happened so yeah. yeah definitely for a kid to go through that you know yeah because there's probably always a hope that they'll there's always a hope it. yeah and you know but I'm the good thing is my mom is happily married now to a wonderful man and you know we've been really blessed with a bigger and stronger family and I mean who doesn't want more siblings I love them so much so it's been awesome that's great yeah and do you feel like ice skating was a good outlet for stress and when you were going through some of these emotional things and growing up oh yeah like I remember there was days where I was really angry like I had a friend commit suicide at school and it was really hard day and my coach saw that I was like kind of shaking when I got to the ring because it just had happened I just come straight from school he's like what is going on like and I told him he's like okay you go skate 
I'm not gonna teach you right now. You just need to go skate. And I angry skated, and I <laughs> and I, like it really helped me. Like it was like, yeah, I'm gonna get this all out right now and feel this through jumping really hard right now, but not hurting myself. That's important. Yes. But just like you know, letting it out in that way, and that was awesome. So kind of makes you wish you you know, pick up like kickboxing or something but it, it works so yeah what good. does angry skating look like does it have lots of jumps well, or lots angry of... skating looks like well for other people if they're watching like oh don't get in her way she mad like <laughs> stay out of her way and let her do her thing whatever it is do not get in her path because she is not gonna back off so she needs to have her jump passes so because yeah. you kind of play chicken on uh, practice so because the many out there are of you there's many skaters out there practicing oh, okay so you're you know you're you're scanning the field as you look across the ice rink and you're like, okay, I'm going to go jump in that corner right now. There's an opening. So you go around, do your jump pass, and maybe three of the skiers had the same thought at the same time. So you all kind of come to head and play chicken, like who's actually going to get the jump off. And if you have that look on your face, you're like, you know, you can have it. It's fine. It's, <laughs> it's like a mix of hockey and yeah. like a, you're, you're going to create this whole new Olympic yeah, right. sport that it's like. There are collisions on practice, but you know what? It happens. You just like say sorry and you move on. But hopefully none of it's ever on purpose, you know? It's like, yeah. whoops. Yeah. So what's the hardest jump that you had to master? I mean, triple jumps. Um, the sport has changed so much. I mean, triple jumps was a high pressure at the at the time for me now. But, I mean, a couple of days ago, we just had the first ever female skater land a quad jump. Not one, but two in competition. And it was insanely beautiful. It was like, but with flow out of it. Usually when we try that stuff, we kind of have like an awkward landing, you know, because yeah. they're really hard to do. Only men, you know, have been doing this up to this point. And she landed with so much power and flow. And I'm like, the sport is constantly changing and the pressure and that Russian skater man I mean she's unreal with power and she's long-limbed which usually you think oh like short and stout rotate that no doesn't matter your body type you just got to work with what you're given and you can do some pretty amazing things yeah so that's why also I love skating because it doesn't matter what you weigh or what you look like if you can you know skate light as a feather and sting like a bee you're going to be great. <laughs> yeah. I did notice that when I was watching skating the other night that mm-hmm. you have like teeny tiny yeah. girls that look like they barely weigh 70 pounds and then you had like really some muscular more muscular ones. Yeah. or like there was this one couple that they were both looked really tall mm-hmm. and maybe they weren't compared to... No, they probably um, are. I think you're thinking of ice dancers. Ice dancers are usually way more long-legged. So, like, they just, because they want that look, that ballroom on ice kind of look. Because they don't do the jumps. They do some lifts, and but a lot of turn and footwork kind of stuff, uh-huh. like the tricky feet stuff. That's what my husband calls the tricky feet stuff. <laughs> they want that longer look. And then in pairs, you want the girl to be very short, and they want the guy to be really tall. Because he's got lift her over his head, and then launch her, you yes. know. So you don't want a tall limb. You want limbs going everywhere when you throw her in the air. So, yeah, there's definitely... A little bit of a certain look you hope to have in those ones, but in singles, it's all about, you know, work what your mama gave you. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. A lot of people, you know, watch the Olympics and they have no idea what it takes to get to that point. Yeah. We just, we see the ice skaters, wow, that was amazing. Oops, they fell, too bad. But tell us, what does it take to get there? And can you share your experience? In the sport of figure skating, if you're a really competitive single skater, you usually try to eventually gravitate to those training sites that have that can provide you adequate uh, training that you need. So like when uh, we had to drive an hour and a half just to get coaches because our rink was open seasonally. So my mom did a lot of driving, let me tell you what. Put a lot of miles in that minivan. <laughs> and uh, when it just, things became at the point where like, do we want to keep going on this route or should we just make a clean move to a training center that can actually provide everything we need in one place, right? After my second nationals, we decided to try it out. We were invited to go by Kathy Casey, a very well, well-known Olympic coach. She saw me at a camp and she said, you need to come down to Olympic Training Center. And we had never been there, even heard of it at the time. And I mean, kind of like you all, everybody knew like the broad moors where everybody went to get serious training. <laughs> And so we went down there, and oh my gosh, I still have the picture of the first day I went down there. I'm just, I'm like a kid in the candy store. (laughs) I was like, look at all these skaters. There was just like, 
instead of being out there kind of mostly practicing by myself, you know, I went to a rink where it's like, oh, these skaters are going for the same goal I am, right? And you want to be in that environment because, you know, they're all training hard, they're all working hard, you know, they're going to push you harder, right? Yeah. You're, you're right there skiing with you know, some of your own competitors. Yeah. And um, you're working with the very skilled coaches, right? So you have multiple coaches at that point. You have coaches that do footwork, um, just straight up power skating and edges. You have coaches that focus on your jumps, your spins, your harness work. They strap you up in a contraption and help you fly in the air, which is really good oh, for cool. practice. And dart fish, which is taking your your jump you just did and looking at it frame by frame, second by second, and measuring its height and its speed, rotation, and choreographers, many different ones. So you have different style of choreography and so how many yeah. coaches would you have at one given point? I don't know, like seven. Wow, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. And then you also have like your off ice, like because you do ballet and then you do your weightlifting and then you would do jazz and then yoga and Pilates and then you would have like another conditioning class or <laughs> off ice jumps and then the spinner and yeah, it's insane. And then you also fit some school in there too? Oh yeah, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, um, and then you have to make sure you put yourself out there at those higher level competitions so you get more notice and you can push yourself in front of like the hardest, best of the best skaters because they all flock to that competition in the yeah. middle of nowhere, California, you know? <laughs> it just happens that way. That competition's gone now, but... Um, yeah, that was a dumpy rink, but man, everybody went to Golden West. That was that was where everybody went, among other competitions too. And then, you know, as you get more advanced, you hope to get like on a international team USA, and there's multiples at different levels that you get to travel and go compete overseas and and do that next level of competing. And and then your dresses they cost thousands of dollars, and you know, it, a lot of it makes your head spin just thinking about it, like everything that's involved and. We were so lucky that when, you know, things became at the point where we, we couldn't financially keep supporting the dream, that I was able to get some sponsors to pay for my skating and pay for our competitions and our dresses and our practice ice or our hotel at a competition. And sometimes those sponsors were just people that we knew, not just big um, companies, but like, you know, people that loved us and wanted to support us. And those were beautiful. And we would send handwritten letters to them saying thank you and sign pictures and keep them updated what we were doing. And when we got our first global sponsor, which was McDonald's, we, we got to do their press conference in New York and and be on their team of what you eat and what you do campaign for keeping young and active with Oprah. And yeah, there were just a lot of, a lot of things that happened at that higher levels, you know, point in a sport that is really cool and exciting but keeps you very busy and on your toes and yeah um and yeah we we got to do a lot of fun and crazy things at that level and you know even though here in Utah skating is getting you know bigger and bigger and better and better there's definitely training facilities like that that are just so unique and so awesome to go to to really fully experience that and that's why I take my athletes there multiple times a year just to be around that just to skate with the same skaters they see on tv just yeah. to like see them watch them experience that because you're only as good as what you know and if you only know one little pocket of it you know it's not going to help you you know get those higher goals that you're re- wishing for and yeah they've loved it and it's been really special bringing them back there as a coach like yeah. my first time I bawled my eyes out because <laughs> I, I remember my first day going to the training center and I was like you know, I just felt like my, my skating career had come full circle, right? And it was just like, I remember holding them and hugging them and crying. They're like, are you okay? And I'm like, this is so special for me. Like, you're being weird. Um, but <laughs> they really um, were grateful that they got to be there and experience that. And I'm happy that I was able to pass that on through my coaching. And, you know, it's it's a great and wonderful thing. Yeah. You know, people do that. That's awesome. So before the interview started, you were telling me about this Olympian. Remind me his name. Vincent Zhao. Okay. So do you want to tell us what happened to him? Yeah, Vincent. I've been following his career pretty closely since we've been able to go down to the training center and watch him, you know, train and and get better and better and write the Olympics. And he's an impeccable skater. He's a great athlete. And he's still pretty young. So he competed in the team event last week, and he um, won the team event silver medal. So you had to get a certain amount of points as a team, and each country as a whole like won that medal in figure skating. So we were really close to gold, but that girl landed those quad jumps. So, <laughs> but uh, dang quads, those dang quad jumps, <laughs> those Russians. Um, 
but yeah, he uh, did very well, and we got the silver medal, and then he found out right before the short program last night, I think it was maybe the night before, but he tested positive for COVID. And they have to test twice a day in Olympic Village, and they have to double mask on practice, like, <laughs> breathing with the double mask, can you imagine? Like, No, I can't. <laughs> We went and yeah. saw, we went to Vegas and we did, saw the Michael Jackson Cirque du Soleil mm. and all these performers are like flipping through the air and doing all this stuff and all were wearing masks. Oh my gosh, like, really, really performers were wearing masks? They were wearing masks. Wow. And I was so amazed. I was like, okay, you guys are jumping and doing all these like insane things yeah. and they had masks on. Now. And also when you skate, it actually blocks your peripheral. Like, cause the mask comes up in the cheeks and not only is it distracting cause you need your like your 180 pan eyesight to stay safe on the ice and see your own like body at like this awkward angle uh, look down at your body but yeah that's that that being in the way and then not be able to breathe it's just yeah whole different world since covid yeah. oh. <laughs> so I, my heart just breaks for him and we were listening to his video and talked about like what he would say to his younger self yeah he he talked about that and i thought it was a beautiful message and he um he said it's bittersweet is pretty much what he was saying that, you know, he gets to go home being an Olympic medalist, but he could have been a two-time Olympic medalist at this Olympics. He really could have. Like, he ha- he's been training really well. I mean, the Japanese men have been phenomenal, but our American men have been really pushing the limits, too. And even though his teammate, Nathan Chen, won the gold, you know, he and he's excited about that. He can't wait for his next opportunity to do that. And your heart just breaks for him because since the pandemic, he's been isolating himself. He's been taking every precaution, you know, getting his vaccine, his boosters, and he mentioned in that video that it's very isolating and lonely, yeah. um, and especially when you're under so much pressure and you need that support team. That, that can be just heartbreaking, Yeah. you know, and then you get there, and then you have COVID. So, so sad. Yeah. All right, so this is him just kind of doing a little letter or video to his younger self, self but here's a little clip from Vincent. Younger self would be so proud of the athlete and person you've become now. Little eight-year-old you would be asking 21-year-old you for photos and autographs and everything. You know why? Because you lived out your dreams. You became the person you always aspired to be. When you were young, sitting on the couch, Watching those great skaters on TV, studying their jumps every night at the dinner table and waking up at 4 a.m. or earlier to go into the rink and skate and do double jumps. You had no idea what you were getting into, but you had a dream and you followed it. You made sacrifices for it and you dedicated your life to it. And today, You are that person, Vincent. You made it happen. So be proud of that. Take pride in yourself. Recognize yourself. Don't be afraid to take a step back and look at things from the bigger picture. Be grateful. Be grateful for everyone around you who is also willing to make sacrifices for you and be part of this incredible journey that you've been on. I just love his words. And after you kind of sharing your story, it sounded like an echo of your words, you know, waking up at 4 (laughs) a.m., doing these double jumps. Watching the videos. (laughs) You became, you worked hard and you reached... Like your goal of being that little girl. <laughs> I don't know. I, he just put me down a road of getting emotional. But you, that little girl who watched the Olympics and said, like, I want to do this. And that you put in the effort. I just think that that's amazing. And also your community and your family, your siblings. It took a village to help create yeah, your experience. Yeah, I am. Sorry, I'm so emotional. It just it's very real what he's feeling and I very feel connected to it. Even though I never went to the Olympics. My my dreams were still accomplished through all the other amazing things I got to do. My resume is packed full with so much joy and so many blessings, so many experiences. Being able to 
compete and my my mom always said I, I can't wait for your skating to take me to France <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's a certain competition it's not around anymore Trophy La Ligue and she's like I, I just want you to compete at Trophy La Ligue and <laughs> it's not around anymore but my skating did take her to France we did get to go and so it's it's a beautiful thing when your childhood dreams and goals you know become a reality and and you just your heart goes out to him because you know he must be feeling all sorts of pain and frustration and and the pandemic has just been so hard. It's been so hard on everybody. So, but especially these athletes mm-hmm. who literally dedicate their whole lives for yeah. this event. <laughs> this is it, you know. <laughs> and not that they can't compete again, or not that mm-hmm. there's not other competitions. Or he talks about later how they'll, you know, he'll be back in a month and he'll be stronger. Yeah, but competing at worlds. This, yeah, this is still so many. Of those hours and training and waking up early and pushing and that drive. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely something that you have to feel and love in your soul. And if you don't, it is not worth the money and time and sacrifice that you and everybody else around you is doing. You know, as a coach, I really try hard to inspire my students. I, I don't feel like I'm just a coach. I, I, You're not just about technique. Yes, we, we focus on the head and the soul a lot, and especially since that was something that I really wanted to make sure that I instilled in my students is that they matter, you know, and that they are important, and they're not just an ice skater, and the lessons that they will learn in the sport will bless them for their entire lives, and that's more important to me than if they won first place, and yeah. it's more important to me than whatever jump they learn or anything is that they become wonderful humans because of this beautiful and unique sport and it's been a blessing to see those things happen you know I've I've had students that now are married and have babies you know it's weird (laughs) and I have students that have grown up and now are my assistant coaches like it's just cool to see you know how my experience like a little family tree and through my coach's experiences you know have blessed them and impacted them and helped them and yeah it's been a really great a really great thing in my life, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, and it, what's cool is because you can look at your experiences and then how you can better help your students. Mm-hmm. And looking back at when you were in this intense training, what do you think um, would have been helpful for you to hear? You know, I, I really love and admire my coaches. And at the Olympic Training Center, it's very much like you have to do it now because if you don't somebody else will that's out here and I'll go work with them if you're not gonna you know produce you know but they also did touch on the emotional side when when they could but there was not a lot of time but I really try to make sure I take the time because there was many times like in myself like I just wanted to give up on myself because like I'm having a hard day or something bad happened at home or whatever it was you know with like or school or whatever it was right yeah um and like I really try to make sure I notice those moments because I'm definitely an empath for sure. Yeah. And just be like, hey, how are you doing today? I can tell some things at the front of your mind. What's going on? Because I know that if we talk about it really quick or for the whole time if we need to, then we're going to actually be able to push through and then get back to skating and get back to the things they love because they feel heard and validated and that it's put somewhere. They can deal with it later if they need to, but, you know, it gets to come out and... Um, so I try to teach my kids to love themselves, give themselves grace, grace and patience, and to remember that they can lean on others for that support, and I can be that person for them. Yeah. So. Well, I think everyone needs those lessons, right? Yeah. <laughs> give yourself grace. <laughs> yeah. You can lean on other people, and yeah. I can be that person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so can their teammates and... That's the other thing that I really try to do with my, my group of girls is that we, we see ourselves as a team. It's an individualized sport, and it can be very lonely and very isolating, especially since everybody, you know, hopes to beat you at the next competition, you know, and they're probably your friend. <laughs> and they want you to fall. Right? Yeah, they want you to fail. And um, on our team, and I call them a team because I feel like, you know, with teamwork makes the dream work, but it, I really want them to be able to lean on each other and be supportive of each other and to feel that sense of, like, belonging Mm-hmm. and not being isolated and alone since most teenage girls always feel that yeah. <laughs> no matter what <laughs> um, even the most popular girls probably feel lonely and isolated you just don't know it and 
And that's something that is very unique in our sport that people train as a team and look at themselves as a team and to help each other. And what's really fun is that even my moms get my message and are that for each other. Like they aren't backstabbing each other or, you know, talking bad about the other mom and their kid, you know, like all the catty dance mom stuff that does happen in our sport really bad. Like I have a zero, no bullying tolerance policy. Like you have like a, like something bad goes down we have a chit chat and then you're on a three strikes you're out and then once we get to three it's like i'm sorry we can't we can't continue and they know that so i do give them a chance to fix the behavior but i'm like this is not okay because this is a safe place for everybody the parents the kids the coaches and they get it and they love it and they thrive in it so that's something that i'm really trying to do if you look at your meaningful relationships that you have it's Mm -hmm. people who support you and love you And you never really feel close to somebody who's, like, talking bad about another person. Right. That doesn't help you feel safe. And I think a lot of times people will do that, you know, to yeah. try to feel connected or certain oh, things yeah. like that. But I think the more compassionate, the more loving we can right. be to support each other. I mean, although in ice skating and things like that, there it is an actual competition, and there mm-hmm. is a winner. There is a winner. And, and, a and loser. there's losers. Yeah. But in life, there is not. It's not a scarcity model. Like, yeah. Of like parenting or yeah. Your success it does not mean that I am a loser. You know, right, like we right. can both be have different talents and things that we're good at, and yeah. So I think trying to support people in what they're good at and not trying to. Putting someone else down does not ever elevate you. Yeah, and you being excited for yourself does not mean, you know, that you are putting down somebody else either. Like, a, I think sportsmanship um, and being classy is very important in our sport. And um, that's definitely something that I, I really try to push in the kids. It's like good sportsmanship. You cheer for people when they're, when they're down. You help them. You lift them up, even if they're your competitor. Yeah. Like, and so that's why when you watch skiing, sometimes people follow you. You hear people clapping. Like, why are they clapping? Because they're trying, like, you can do it. Get up. Let's do this. You know, it's probably yeah. their, their, you know, fellow skiers from their uh, training facility. But or people that are just rooting for them, you know. And so yeah. it's definitely, skating has definitely been t- turning the page about that, which is nice. It's still going to be there. Yeah. But you just have to try your best to, you know, navigate through the noise and be above it for sure. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that you've been able to kind of create a good culture with your students and the moms and everything and teach them some good life skills. (laughs) (laughs) Like, learn learn from my past, man. Like, I I got bullied and picked on a ton, and I noticed the the higher and higher I got with levels, and the more and more things I got to do, the the louder the noise and the the more, like, it it would make you cringe, some of the stuff that got done to me, which is really sad, but... So when you're really at the higher level, they try to pick at things that are really, really, you know, tender to you. And knowing that I was a very empathic person and I was sensitive and everything, I remember um, some kids choosing to target my mom, actually. And they did some very horrible things um, to make fun of my, my mom and including, you know, trying to mimic dress and behavior but in a condescending, mocking, tor- horribly catty way, just to make me cry. And the worst part about it is they were older girls than me. But because I was also competing at their level, they decided that, you know, I need to be taught a lesson. So we're going to put you down where you belong, you know. But the joke's on them because even though that did make me cry many times in the bathroom, <laughs> for going in there and just ha- having a good cry in one of the bathroom stalls many times about stuff like that. Um, I was like, you know, like, joke's on you. I'm going to go skate, and I'm going to keep pushing myself, and if that's what you need to do to feel validated and feel better about yourself, great, but I'm going to be above it, and I'm not going to strike back, except for just doing my best on the ice. So, and that's kind of where you have to put it. It's like, you know, yeah, just put all your energy and emotion about things in good outlets, right? Yes. <laughs> so. Well, that's really unfortunate. Yeah. And I'm sure those experiences have kind of shaped how you coach now and yeah. making sure that stuff like that would never Oh, happen. no. That ever happened? Oh, no, no, no. That would be very bad because I, again, like, you're mo- most of these kids that are down there are down there with their moms, and those moms sacrifice so much. And if I ever saw another kid bullying a younger kid 
but mocking their their mother, the person that's fighting for them to be out there with like you know little money they maybe have this expensive sport like I would kill that in two seconds I'd be so done because it's just it's like you said like the world is changing we're supporting each other now and and, you know it's definitely different and I honestly don't see that happening much anymore which is good I know it does happen yeah but not as often and it's probably because like you said earlier like you know they need the memo we're all here to support each other lift each other up and it's yeah and it works in your kids favor which is great (laughs) yeah so. Well, and I also think that surrounding yourself with people who are going to be those cheerleaders. Right. I, I think that as a parent, I've had lots of times where I feel like people shame you for the way you parent or the way your kids are acting or right. different things. I just kind of learned that your real friends are the people who stand by you. And for there sure. will be people who judge you or make you feel like you're less than them because of whatever. Yeah. You know, and those aren't the people that you need in your corner Mm -hmm. and so being able to create a community of people who are going to support you and love you and yeah so yeah and i just think it's really important focusing on other things than the medal i know i've said that many times but it's really important too because you know getting a medal is some judge's opinion about what you deserve right but doing other things with your sport is you being able to express yourself and bless others through, you know, your control, right? Yeah. And so when I started Skate for Cancer about eight years ago, um, we um, and I had uh, skated for cancer before when I was younger for the Ronald McDonald House Cancer Foundation in New York. They would fly me out to do holiday shows just for all the cancer patients. And, um, and it was a very moving experience for me. And when we had a... You know, we heard about Millie's Princess Foundation, this little local child cancer foundation, um, you know, needing events to support and raise money for them. We know we wanted to partner with them. And um, so my skaters get to, you know, skate from the heart, dedicate routines to the people they have, you know, had cancer in the past or currently going through or just the child that we're representing that evening and all the funds go to them. And we've raised so much money every year and this um past year we raised thirty two thousand dollars for a little girl sophia who was um, needed a brain surgery you know it was it was pretty intense for her and um, who also had down syndrome and but she's doing good and she's in remission and these kids get to see that and use the thing that they're good at to bless other people and it just it's their favorite they love it more than any competition they look so forward to skate for cancer it's just such a beautiful thing and i love that i love that they get to have those extra things and i really try to create that like because you're just going to crumble if you only have that one target right yeah so it i really want to make sure i have an environment that really helping to uplift themselves and others yeah yeah well and i think that's a good way of showing that you know when you're doing something for, to help someone else, like everybody's a winner. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's collectively working towards a good right. cause instead of like different you said, vibe, yeah. Just going for the medal or just going yeah. for the gold. And yeah. So for people who are local and wanted to support or get involved with Skate for Cancer, how yeah. could they? Um, our help next support? Skate for Cancer is on May seventh. We just got our date for that. It's at five thirty p.m. at the Peaks Ice Arena. The whole event is free. Um, the only thing I have to pay for is if you want to donate money for the cause um, or enterprises or contests or things um, or buy, like, the food trucks we have there and their money proceeds go to us as well. And it's just a really great way to, you know, watch some fun ice skating and support a good cause. So, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll have to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how can parents help kids find a passion? Okay. You know, whether it's skating or whatever but how how can they help their kids to find something that they're passionate about well my mom was really good at throwing us in a lot of things to try and I think that's good but then at your point you're like what's too many things right so I think like maybe pick like a like a theme like okay we're gonna try a little piano we're gonna try maybe a little soccer and then we're trying to be a little art class see which one you're more like inclined do you like and kind of get the vibe right and like okay they're they they like soccer Let's keep up with the soccer. Do you want us to do the piano? Okay, you kind of do one piano and you're done with the art. Okay, none of that. But, okay, let's try these things. And maybe it branches off to basketball. You don't know, right? But, like, you know, let the kid guide you, but also um, teach the kid um, to finish what you start. So, like, if it's a six-week course, 
you finish the six weeks and then you decide. Teach your kid about commitment and follow through. And then that helps them also have the opportunity to really experience the activity and then have a full experience to judge if they actually like that thing or not. And yeah. also know at some point your kids are like, I hate this and I don't want to do it anymore. And you're like, okay, well, we're going to finish. And then you can decide that, like, no, I don't want to go to soccer. Like, I hate going to soccer. And it could be because they're being bullied or picked on or never getting picked for stuff. I don't I don't know too much about soccer. I sound terrible. But, um, you know, there could be a lot of factors to that. Or maybe they just can't get that one skill. And it's frustrating. And then as a parent, you know, you guide them to help them get through those frustrating times. And after, you know, tons of trial, if they're just like, this is just not for me, then you know, right? So how do you reach the balance between letting your kids finish whatever you've committed to, but, you know, with ice skating or different things like that, how do you find that right balance of pushing them to Mm -hmm. not want to give up? helping them reach their dreams you know each kid is so unique and so different I actually teach a lot of siblings which is awesome and cool because they're they're all different I even teach two of like twins right now one's an identical pair one's not and the identical one um one is determined to be a lefty because she wants to be different than her sister and I'm like okay you can skate lefty that's fine (laughs) (laughs) but what's fun to see about a lot of these sibling groups not just the twins but um is they have very different things that motivate them to push uh, and try harder and to keep you know persevering through those hard times. And we aren't really able to know those until you like, give it time, right? Like I have one kid who is like, I need to know I made you proud. I need to know that you are satisfied with what I did. And then her sister is like, I don't care. I skate for me. And if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. But if I want to do it, you better look out because it's going to be amazing. Yeah. So you have to kind of learn as a parent, like, what does that individual little snowflake need that's, like, you know, their own uniqueness and and uh, how to help motivate them. And what better way to understand that than through, like, activities and sports. So, yeah, yeah, it's all a big learning curve, right, <laughs> with everything in these activities. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's it's amazing that all these people who really stick with what they are passionate about because I think there's so many people that are when things get hard it's easy to just quit or be done with it and so admire you for your grit and sticking (laughs) through all of this and even when you know your family was going through hardship and people bullied you and you know all the things that you were able to accomplish and I think what's really amazing like where you went in your skating career but what you've been able to then have this legacy of all these students and all these people that um, you've been able to have an impact on them, not just their how they skate, but who they are as people. So I I admire you for that. And Thanks. <laughs> I have one last question for you. Okay. And that's the question I ask everyone this one. Okay. And it's if you could go back in time to any stage of life and give yourself advice, where would you go and what would you say? The biggest fork in the road for me was when I had to decide do I want to go to college with my peers or do I want to keep pushing myself on these big aspirations that I have? And crunch moment. I didn't have like a lot of time to make the decision, like you know, like a year to pick, right? It was like, you have to decide now. Season's about to start and college is about to start. So what do you want to do? Like, where do you see yourself? What is important to you? Do you feel like you've accomplished enough? Do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel like, you know you're okay with going in a different direction. And I cried and had many panic attacks, and I, and I wish I could go back to myself and say, trust your gut and know that whatever you pick, you're going to be successful in because you're ready for that next challenge, whatever you decide. And I wish I was able to tell myself that because I had so much fear and so much confusion about that next chapter of my life and I'm grateful that I was able to decide to go to college with my peers and finish out my season that year you know be able to compete for my university and then transition what what I didn't even know I was going to but transition into coaching and I loved it and I just it was it was meant to be and I wish I could go back to myself and just say like trust your gut listen to it (laughs) and give yourself 
grace, <laughs> love yourself, and everything's going to be okay because you're ready. You're yeah. ready to make whatever decision you need right now. So hopefully that answers your question. Yes, that's <laughs> perfect. I love yeah. it. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to hear your story and yeah. to learn more about the process. And I admire you for the life that you've created and the things you've done. <laughs> it's uh, been a journey and it's going to keep going. So I'm excited that my skating journey doesn't end, you know, when I hung up my competitive skates. So I can't wait to see what comes next. This is Liz Gardner. Thank you for listening to Letters to My Younger Self. I really appreciate all your support. If this episode helped you, please share it with a friend. Feel free to reach out if you have any recommendations for topics or people that you would like to hear in the next upcoming episodes. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great week.